Count it all joy, my brothers, when you fall into various struggles, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Let endurance have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. James 1, 2-3 Dear Lord, help us to see challenges not as setbacks, but as stepping stones to a stronger faith. Give us the courage to face trials with a joyful heart, knowing that each obstacle serves as a divine classroom where we learn perseverance, resilience, and reliance on you. When we feel overwhelmed, be our strength and refuge, ever present to guide and uplift us. Grant us the grace to trust in you more deeply with each trial, learning to count it all joy as our faith is tested and refined for your kingdom and the betterment of others. Thank you, Lord, for the promise that through every trial, you are shaping us to be more like you. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Welcome to Prairie News, where hope is our only bias. Today's news at a glance, Hurricane Idalia churned up some political strife and delivered flamingos to Ohio. Biden takes jabs at Trump during his Labor Day speech in Pennsylvania, and Japan dumped nuclear waste into the ocean, ate fish from it, and expects us to be fine with it. We hope you had a wonderful long weekend and feel ready to tackle the week with passion and purpose. No matter where you find yourself today, maybe riding on a high or battling a low, we want you to know that you're loved by your creator and fashioned for a purpose. We pray you find meaning each day this week. We know life isn't always easy, nor should it be. Through all the struggle, chaos, and dysfunction, there are lessons to learn and truths to unearth. Hopefully, we don't grow bitter in our struggles, but better. Take heart, brothers and sisters. We are all face planning through this life together. We pray this take on the news blesses you. If it has blessed you so far, would you consider leaving us a review? Doing so will help others find us, and we would genuinely love to hear your feedback. Before we start today's first story, let's hear a word from these sponsors. Today's first story is about literal and political storms. As Hurricane Idalia leaves its mark on Florida's landscape and communities, it raises a question. How do we deal with the intensifying weather events that batter not just our homes, but our spirits, and possibly the spirit of America itself? President Joe Biden recently visited Florida to assess the damage inflicted by Hurricane Idalia. This comes as a reassurance to residents that, in the president's own words, your nation has your back. Interestingly, though, Governor Ron DeSantis chose not to attend the tour, citing that the preparations would interfere with ongoing disaster recovery efforts. One cannot help but be skeptical, though, that it's possible DeSantis doesn't want to be seen shaking hands and being friendly with his possible opponent in the presidential race. If we were to give the governor the benefit of the doubt, we would say that public service can be and often is accomplished without the spotlight doing things behind the scenes. It can be tempting to view this absence through a political lens, and it very well might be. Rick Scott, the Republican U.S. senator, showed bipartisan support by joining the president. The key takeaway from this is that unity, especially in times of crisis, is not only essential, but possible. It's not a Democrat versus Republican issue. It's a human issue. There are people that are suffering, losing their livelihoods in their homes. This is the eighth major hurricane to hit the Gulf Coast in the last six years. The repeated bouts of destruction lead to a pertinent question. Is it time to consider relocating rather than just rebuilding time and time again? While the instinct to return to one's roots is powerful, we also need to weigh the emotional and economic costs. Some experts argue that given the impacts of the shifting climate, certain areas in the United States and beyond might be best abandoned for more secure locales. These are difficult questions that must be faced collectively, with input from everyone involved. But amidst the tragic backdrop of the hurricane destruction comes a peculiar and light-hearted event. 
Rare pink flamingos have been sighted. While these iconic birds are closely associated with Florida, Idalia has rerouting plans and has brought these birds to places they're not commonly found. Alabama, South and North Carolina, Ohio, Tennessee, and Virginia have all been blessed with these pink beauties. It's a bizarre and almost poetic twist of fate. These flamingos are a surreal reminder of nature's whimsical nature, even amidst chaos. The presence of these elegant birds, almost as if flaunting their absurdity, offers a momentary moment of bliss and laughter, painting smiles on faces of those who have almost forgotten how to. Adversity often serves as a crucible for character, and it's good to laugh in moments like these. As James 1, 2-3 tells us, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. This is a time for unity, a time to practice charity, love, and empathy towards those who have suffered loss. It's a time to grasp at any small slivers of joy in the midst of profound suffering and loss. In such challenging times, let us remind ourselves of the calling to love our neighbors. Whether it's a Democrat president offering federal aid, a Republican senator putting his state before his party, or even a flock of off-course flamingos lightening the mood, let us take all these as signs of hope and solidarity and the enduring human spirit. Unity is not just a political necessity, it's a spiritual mandate. And maybe, just maybe, the sight of pink flamingos against the backdrop of an Ohio State Park reminds us that two seemingly opposite things can actually be brought together. So, with all this being said, let's lift this up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray for the communities affected by Hurricane Idalia and other natural disasters. Guide our leaders to put aside political differences and unite in providing relief and long-term solutions. Amidst the trials, help us to find moments of grace, like the unexpected appearance of pink flamingos. Help us to find small pockets of joy, looking to you in all things to uplift our spirits and remind us of your mysterious, wonderful, and faithful ways. We love you, Lord, and we trust you in these times. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our second story starts in Pennsylvania, the Keystone State, known for its importance in the presidential election and cheesesteaks. In a season of heated political rhetoric, where facts often get lost in translation or hijacked for emotional resonance, President Joe Biden took the stage in Pennsylvania, firing shots at his probable 2024 rival, Donald Trump. The occasion? Labor Day, the holiday that celebrates workers by giving them a day off to shop for mattresses at a discount price. Biden sought to reassure voters about his economic policies amidst concern about inflation, job growth, and what many argue is the most crucial issue headed into the 2024 election the economy. Biden's talking points were as subtle as a sledgehammer, targeting Trump's job record by stating that Trump was just one of two presidents in history who left office with fewer jobs in America than when he got elected. Ouch. A recent Reuters poll showed that the economy, unemployment, and jobs rank as the American people's top concern. And Biden is beginning to make his case that he is the right man to right the ship. In this anticipated rematch between Biden and Trump, it's apparent that economic issues will be at the ballot box's main event. In the same poll, 60% of Americans, including a startling one in three Democrats, expressed dissatisfaction with Biden's handling of inflation. Republicans are not mincing words either, attributing the rise of the cost of living to Democratic policies. Concerns linger, despite the Federal Reserve's attempt to stabilize the economy by raising interest rates. Biden plays up his administration's record in job creation and passing a $1 trillion infrastructure law, but this is juxtaposed with an unemployment rate that jumped from 3.8% in moderate wage gains suggesting that the labor market might just be losing its mojo. 
In his speech, Biden highlighted his efforts to extend overtime pay to millions and praise unions for contributing to the economy. But the skepticism surrounding his economic leadership is a looming shadow he can't easily escape. Whether the reality is as grim as the public actually perceives, that remains a point of debate. But what's clear is that Biden has a lot of work cut out for him. But his recent speech also is quelling certain... With so much information, nuance, and shades of gray in the political world, it's easiest to just take a side and outsource our opinions to a party. However, it's crucial to remember that no candidate is perfect. And no matter who is on the ballot, they are bound to surprise us with the occasional victory, all to fail at something else a week later. Every person is capable of amazing triumphs and agonizing defeats, whether that's Biden, whether that's Trump, whether that's somebody else entirely. It's important to vote for the candidate who aligns most closely with your values, but it's equally important to be charitable in your judgments. The economy may be the number one issue for voters, but our ultimate hope does not lie in a government or an economic system. Instead, it lies in Christ, who teaches us the love and understanding should prevail over discord and division. In a world where perfection is an unattainable standard, it's comforting to know that our hope is rooted in something far greater than any economic policy or presidential candidate. As it says in Matthew 6, but first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added onto you. As for us, we're going to keep our eyes fixed on the kingdom of God. As we navigate this upcoming election, let's remember to place our trust in Christ first, because it's only through him that we find true security, regardless of who wins the 2024 election. After all, economies fluctuate, leaders come and go, they fail and they succeed. The word of God remains constant. Lord, as we approach another election season, guide us in making decisions that align with love, understanding, and the common good. Help us to place our trust not in any one leader or economic system, but in you, the constant in a world of change. Grant us the wisdom to discern what truly matters, keeping in mind that our ultimate security is found in your kingdom and in your kingdom alone. In Jesus' name, amen. This last one is for fish enthusiasts, sushi lovers, and nuclear waste aficionados. Japan's Prime Minister Fimo Kishida and his cabinet ministers are showing us how to chew bravely in the face of controversy. They sat down to enjoy some good old-fashioned Fukushima sashimi, caught freshly from the waters where treated radioactive wastewater has been released. Bon appetit. Japan released treated radioactive wastewater from the Fukushima nuclear plant into the Pacific Ocean. This delectable water cocktail is the byproduct of a 2011 nuclear meltdown caused by a massive earthquake and tsunami in the area. The process of discharging this water began last week and is expected to continue for decades. Environmentalists, neighboring countries, and your future 12-toed grandchildren all raise their eyebrows at this. The lunch featuring flounder, octopus, and sea bass wasn't just a foodie affair. It was a political statement tackling reputational damage and promoting seafood safety based on scientific evidence. Some people find the concept of dining on potentially radioactive fish less than palatable, so these Japanese officials sat down to enjoy a meal from the water to prove their confidence in the treatment of nuclear waste. At this point, you might be wondering, how risky is it to consume this nuclear fish? Radioactive wastewater contains titrium, a weak radioactive isotope of hydrogen. Though harmful in large amounts, experts claim that the wastewater has been diluted enough to be safe. But let's remember, safety is a relative term, just like calling your Aunt Edna's mystery meatloaf edible. The real issue isn't just about immediate toxicity, it's about long-term impact and ecological balance. So how does one treat nuclear wastewater to make it, let's say, less glowy? Some options include deep geological repositories, which is storage in deep rock layers. There's also advanced filtration systems, making radioactive elements less soluble. 
There's also vetrification, which is turning the waste into glass, which sounds horrifying and fascinating at the same time. The trick is to pick a method that's effective and economically sensible, and that's a euphemism for cheap. While Japan seeks to repair its domestic reputation, countries like China and South Korea are not keen on playing the taste test game just like Japan. China has banned all Japanese seafood imports for the time being, and South Korea saw protests condemning the wastewater discharge. In other words, the water is fine, but the diplomatic climate? Pretty chilly. Perspective matters here. As stewards of God's creation, the responsibility to treat the environment with reverence is ours. While it's easy to joke about glowing fish, the moral imperative remains. We are called to honor the earth and consider the consequences of our actions, both immediate and long-lasting. Nuclear is one of several paths forward to lower carbon emissions, but the issue of waste remains, sorry, fishy. We want to ensure that our future generations have a healthy ocean to fish from and can leave a legacy of clean and sustainable living for themselves. As we ponder our place in the ecosystem, perhaps it's time to do more than eat fish for the cameras. After all, political theater may be good for the headlines, but it's thoughtful, sustained action that actually writes the story of change. So with all this being said, let's close our time together in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, grant us wisdom to be responsible stewards of your creation. Help us to navigate complex and controversial issues like nuclear waste with integrity, considering both immediate and long-lasting impacts on the environment and communities. May our actions reflect thoughtful and sustainable care for the earth, the earth that you've appointed us as stewards of. Rather than mere political theater, we pray that we'd have transformed hearts that care for the next generation and the world around us. We love you, Lord, and we trust you in these times. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today on Pray News. It is our aim to be informed and transformed. We pray today you would proceed with hope, love, and determination to be a force for good. If you've enjoyed this take on the news, write us a review and share your experience. We would love to hear from you. You can sign up for our newsletter at praynews.com, and there you will find all the sources to our reporting. And be sure to download the Pray.com app to make prayer a priority in your life and experience the Bible in new, exciting, and cinematic ways. God bless.